stake. Amen. All right. We're going to be all over the place tonight. We can start, and you can go to Luke chapter 22 this evening. Luke chapter 22. Verse, verses 31 and 32. I've had the privilege of working with teenagers now for a little over four years here at Lakeway. And, and I've asked God to do a work in me that I might be of some type of help and use in their lives. And there's a statement that got lodged in my heart that I've never forgotten, and that is, reach the kids, or any of us for that matter, we need to reach people where they are, not where we want them to be. That's helped tremendously because we're all in a different place in our Christian life. Whether, whether that's something that was self-inflicted on us, or, or just whatever time of life we got saved in... We're all in a different place in our lives. You know, we start out in one place as Christians, and through our walk with the Lord, hopefully we end up in another. Hopefully we end up in a stronger place. Hopefully we end up in a more mature place, um, as we should. That, that we all have a blessed future in progressing as children of God in this life by the change that God makes in us. You know, Peter is a good example of that tonight. We're going to talk about Peter and the progress that he made as a child of God in spiritual maturity. I've heard, maybe you haven't, but I've heard many, many times, people, whenever they do something that's of the flesh, that's a, that's a boo-boo, they mess up, they say, well, I'm just like Peter, you know. I mean, you see how Peter was in the Bible, and so I guess I'm just like him. I guess I just... I guess I'm just like he was. Well, that was one portion of Peter's life. There were several spiritual stages of his life and a lot of change that took place as we look at his life. Most people, when they're wanting to use him as an excuse, they're speaking of the early years of Peter's life as a Christian. We find that throughout the Gospels, throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we find a lot of Peter's mess-ups. We find a lot of the things that people connect with and just stay there with and don't move on from. But we're going to look at Peter's life in a, in, a, in a pretty good view. We're going to scan and skim a pretty good view of Peter's life. And as we see in Luke 22, verses 31 and 32, the Lord is talking to Peter and He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Jesus is already talking to a Christian. He's talking to someone that has already become a child of God. And He says, when thou art 
converted. He says to the Christian, when thou art converted. He's saved already, and he shall be sanctified. Sincerely set apart for the work of God. He will be serving, and he will be living by faith when he is converted. There was another stage of Peter's life that he's gone through. He's going to become a first-string player on God's pro team. He's not going to sit on the bench. He's not going to be the water boy. He's going to have the privilege of serving for God continually. He's going to have the privilege of suffering for God continually. You know, if we're going to be in it, if we're going to be Christians, we're going to go through a lot of things anyway. We might as well do God's will and glorify God and be on His first string team. Be on His pro team. Be able to be used by Him. And that's what happened with Peter. He's going to grow up spiritually. When thou art converted, when you grow up spiritually, Peter, when you're ready, willing, and able to serve me all the time at all costs no matter what comes your way when you are converted Peter let's look at his life in many areas and look at his example of progress as a Christian there's no ceiling there is no limit on what you and I shall be as children of God in service to him in glorifying him in looking at his life he was saved Peter was saved during the ministry of John the Baptist along with his brother Andrew. And it was Andrew who physically took Peter and and took him and presented him before Jesus. And the first thing Jesus did was change his name. He changed his name to rock, or maybe you want to say stone. But his name changed, and that's the first thing he did. I'll read it in John chapter 1 and verse 42, and it says... It says, and he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which by interpretation is a stone. Peter didn't immediately live up to his name that the Lord gave him. He did answer the call to follow the Lord. He didn't do that perfectly when he started out, and he never did, and none of us ever will till, he, till we get to heaven. But he did start out and follow the Lord. He, Peter tried to do a lot of things in his own ability and according to his own reasoning, and according to his own desire, in his own strength, he tried to serve the Lord. Paul tried to do the same thing in his own strength, and he he said, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Or in other words, this miserable condition that I am in. That's what causes a lot of boo-boos, is when we try to do things in our own strength and our own ability, instead of relying upon the Lord for this to happen. So Peter was 
going about by his own method and his own reasoning. When Jesus appeared upon the water before him and the disciples, Peter had a good desire and a good thought that he was going to go out and do the same thing and meet the Lord. And then he must have started looking at the waves around him. He must have started listening maybe to the other disciples in the boat who didn't get out to do that, but the doubting disciples, their words went in the ears of Peter. Whatever the case, he did didn't get very far, okay? There was another time when Jesus was explaining His future crucifixion that was going to happen, and Peter told Jesus, Be it far from thee, Lord. You don't have to do this. This shall not be unto thee. Don't do this, Jesus. And Jesus had to tell His his. His child Peter, the one who was saved, He had to tell him, Get thee behind me, Satan. You know, there's another religion out there that believes that Jesus was a good man and believes that right before he went to the cross, God wasn't going to let his prophet suffer that way and he stopped him from doing so. I'm glad that's not the truth because if that were the truth, our sins would not be paid for. So so Peter had a lot of zeal and a lot of desire for the Lord, but you see where he messed up there. Again, Peter said that he would no way in any form or fashion ever deny the Lord in any way whatsoever. And Jesus said, you're going to do it three times, Peter. And unfortunately, that is exactly what happened. And and that was after he cut off the ear of a Roman soldier that he got rebuked and reproved for, which is something else that he shouldn't have done. Oh, I'm just like Peter. That's why people say that. Oh, well, I mess up. I I messed up, but I'm just like Peter. And that's a that's a popular focus on his on his life. You know, at one time Peter thought he would just turn away from ministry and go on back to fishing. I'm just going to go on back to fishing. And and so these things happened, and he did some of these things. He started out very far from being that rock. He started out very far from living up to his name. Peter was quick-tempered. Peter went from one extreme to another. He was impulsive, he was unsteady, he was slow to understand the spiritual truths of God. This is what we find in the life of Peter as we look throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But then we progress and we get to the book of Acts. And this is in chronological order. It is later on in Peter's life as a child of God. And Peter's spiritual life progresses. He doesn't stay in the condition that he was in. There is a change that takes place. The the new creature in Peter started becoming mature and started unfolding in his life. Peter preached a sermon on the day of Pentecost and some three 3,000 people were saved when he preached that sermon. He was used by God for miraculous healings in others. When Peter was put in prison because of his faith, he claimed that it was better to obey God rather than man. Well, is that a difference? He came before the high priest and said that. He could have been put to death for such a thing. When he denied the Lord three times, he was trying to save his own life. And now he's willing to lay down his life for his faith 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful progress was made in Peter's life. He ended up he ended up living up to his name in the, in the ability that the Lord gave him. He became what the Lord named him. As we look at Peter's progress as a Christian, it might lead you and I to help us in our spiritual life to have a new viewpoint, a different focus than what we've had. You know, I love the fact that I don't, I don't want to be a Christian. I'm not trying to be a Christian. I am a Christian. I'm not just called a Christian. I am a Christian. I am a child of God. And I'm sealed until the day of redemption. And so are you. Praise God for that. I love the fact that we are Christians. That's what we are. And don't take that away, but I'd like you to, and me, to think about a little something else. Not just think about what we are, but as we think about Peter's life, and he was saved by the same Lord, same Holy Spirit. He's a child of God, no, no more or less than you and I are. Look what he became. You are a Christian, but what shall you become in this life, in our spiritual maturity and our growth? What shall we become? What would you like to become as a Christian? I remember in high school, they used to ask me, where do you see yourself in five years? I said, I don't know, you know. And, uh, you know, you get all kind of different thoughts and, you know, uh, the idea of going out in the world and you're going to make money, you know, cash is a thought that where do you see yourself in, in five years in that way? Career is a thought, you know, uh, college is a thought. And the question's asked, where do you see yourself in those things? How about to, for us to ask one another, to ask ourselves, where are we going to be in Christ? down the road I'm not talking about in heaven yet that's great we're going to be there but what about in this life where are we going to be in the future what shall happen with this progress this beautiful progress that we see made in Peter's life there's no limit as to what you and I can become as I look at the pictures of these children in the slideshow, isn't it exciting to, to imagine what they might become in the Lord? What shall, and we can ask this at any season of our lives, what shall we become in Christ? What's the next step? I don't know if you ever had this thought, but I remember not too long after I was saved, I was, when am I going to get there? There's somewhere you get probably where, where everything, you just got it all together and everything's, everything's in place and you got it. When do you get there? It, it doesn't ever happen because there's constant growth. There's always another step ahead for the child of God. There's always something more that God has for you and I. There's no limit 
as to what you and I can become as children of God. We shouldn't envy another one's strong faith because our faith can be built up. We can work on our faith in the Lord and have Him build up our faith. We shouldn't wish to know as much Scripture as another brother and sister because we can get into the Word of God ourselves and we can become that. There was a man witnessing to someone one time and uh, of another denomination and he pointed out several different Scriptures from all over the place in the Bible and it really took his de- denomination as if it were a card house and he basically pulled that bottom card out and everything fell down. I don't make those or anything, but I heard that that's what happens. And there's another fellow standing off listening and he said, man, I wish I knew the Bible that well. And he was told, what would you do with it if you had it? The focus upon what we ourselves can become in the Lord. That's a... That's a That's a full mind of focus right there as to what we can become rather than looking at another or envying another's uh, strong faith. The decisions we make, the habits we create, and the way we treat our faith today will have a lot to do with what we become tomorrow. A lot of boo-boos in Peter's life seem to be the highlight. For a lot of people. But there's something not really behind the scenes. You see it in the scriptures that caused Peter in that day to become who he became. Peter had many mess ups in the beginning. He denied the Lord three times. But he went and he bawled like a baby with a broken and a contrite heart after he did that. When the entertainment of miracles and the feedings with the fish and the bread were starting to come to an end. And it was coming to a place where the followers of Jesus were going to rely on truth. Many of his followers left. And Jesus looked to his disciples and he said, well, you see where everybody's going. What about y'all? And it was Peter that stepped up and he said, where would we go, Lord? You are the one with the words to eternal life. That came from Peter as he stepped out from the other disciples. When Jesus asked them, who do men say that I am? They answered, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elias. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But Jesus asked them, but whom do ye say that I am? And and guess who stepped out from the disciples with the answer? It was Peter and he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. While Peter always had a passion for the Lord. He didn't know how to appropriate this new spiritual life that he had, but he wanted to be the best Christian he could, and he wanted to be a good Christian so very bad. And he became one. He became one. That's a good prayer for you and I, that we might constantly have desire. Lord, may, may the desire in my heart continue. Peter had an overwhelming desire in his heart to please the Lord, to live for Him, to do right. And he did. 
He became, he became what God wanted him to become as a child of God. He became a wonderful Christian by the grace, mercy, and aid of God. He had passion for the Lord. And it carried him through to make him what he was when he finished this life on this earth. Progress as a Christian. Do we want that? What's your passion? What is your passion? I ask myself that. What is my passion? Does anything come before the Lord? Is anything more important than our life in Christ? What do you want to become? Do you truly want to become what God wants you to become? Because you see it. You see it in the Scriptures that that's what Peter wanted. And God took him there. Remember, through the trials of life that you're going through, God is making you what He wants you to become. You've heard about the the jewels and gold and silver that goes through the fire, and it's, it's not like the wood, hay, and stubble that burns up. It comes out refined and better on the other side. So as we go through our struggles and problems in life, God is making us worth something. He's leading us to become what He wants us to become. May we remember that as we do not enjoy our trials, but by faith we trust what we're going to come out as on the other side. Do you want to become what God wants you to become? When you stretch yourself in service for the Lord and you feel like, There's other things that need to be done. And and there's so much focus on serving God. And there's not time for anything else. That's actually a pretty good place. But I know where we get to in our thoughts. When we stretch ourselves that way, remember you're becoming what God wants you to become. He calls us to labor to the point of actually physical exhaustion. As we live for the Lord, we may be lonely. We may be shunned by others. Life may seem to be harder for our stand for Christ. But as we do that, remember that we are becoming exactly what God wants us to become. Don't look back. Look ahead. Look at Peter's life. What if he had never spiritually matured in his life? And, and, and what we pick on Peter about in the Gospels, let's say he stayed there and there was no more growth. How would he have entered heaven? What rewards would he have had? What happened as a result of Peter's spiritual maturity? You know what? The work that God did on him in this life, what he became, that became his existence in heaven 
for eternity. You know what I'm saying? I, I know that we shed this sin nature, and I know that we have a new home and a new body, but the spiritual maturity that he came to, he took that to heaven with him has to do with rewards, has to do with knowing how to worship and praise God every second. Though there's no time in heaven, you know what I mean for eternity. He knew how to worship God. He had his rewards up there. The spiritual condition of our lives when it's over here on this earth. Think about that. We all can make progress as children of God. It takes knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior for any of this to happen. No one lives a Christian life without divine aid. We must be forgiven for all of our sins, trusting in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to have that peace of heaven and home for eternity. Do you know Jesus tonight? For those of us that do know Jesus as our Savior, how is our progress? It's good to make progress. It's motivating to make progress. How is that going? Let's take a look at the full view of Peter's life in the Bible and see how that affects us and what that does to us concerning our progress as children of God Let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer. And we're about to have a time of invitation for whatever may be on your heart concerning your Christian life and the progress you make or becoming a Christian. Let us pray. Most kind and gracious, most holy Father, God in heaven, Lord, we love you. I thank you for first loving us. I thank you that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the way you've commended your love to us. You've shown your love. You've expressed your love in your Son who gave His life on the cross at Calvary, was buried and raised again, dear God. I thank You, Lord, for Your Holy Spirit, for Your Word, for the fellowship that we can have as children of God and the maturity and the growth that we might be able to come into, Lord, that we might glorify You with our lives, that Jesus might be magnified, Lord, that, that we can become worth something in this life, leading others to You in, in, working, in the privilege of working for You. Dear God, thank You so much for, for what You have in store for us every day something new every day. Lord, this exciting life of faith, dear God, I pray that everyone is, is plugged right into the middle of it, Lord, and, and that they are being changed every day, Lord. A new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Dear God, there are some here tonight, possibly, that something needs to pass from their life. It is hindering them from serving You from serving You greater. Dear God, You have something new in store for someone, and and they know it. It's on their heart, Lord. Father, I pray that they would be able to step out in godly confidence in You to serve You, to live for You, Father. 
Lord, have your way with your people now. In Jesus' name we